from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. I'm waking up at night. Where's my massive bottle of Gaviscon? Yep. <laughs> Did I remember to bring it to bed? My tums are close by. Yes. Never far. Never far from home. <laughs> well, everybody's good? Yep. We're settled? Settled. All right. We will discuss F1 afterwards. But mm-hmm. for right now, this is the Life to Labyrinth podcast, and we talk about music for the Sometimes. most Sometimes. <laughs> we we have a personal conversation about our hometown loosely based around an album we listen to. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and with us this week, my name's Bryn. I'm Angie. I'm Emily. And, and Emily's <laughs> back. Emily came back. She hasn't asked to leave yet, so nope. we'll just keep bringing her back. <laughs> okay, let's get to it. We listened to an album this week. It was Emily's inaugural album choice. And let me just say out of the gate, coming in strong. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Agreed. Thank you. So what did you pick? What did we listen to? What do you know about them? How'd you find them? Tell us about it. So this week we listened to the 2014 Broken Bells album, After the Disco. Um, it's a duo, I guess, um, made up of James Mercer from The Shins and Brian Burton, who is better known as Danger Mouse, not Danger House. Um, nor is he Dead Mouse. Um, I, I was going to say, I'm like, Dead Mouse was who I thought we were talking about. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> just want to clarify that off the bat. Not the Canadian Dead Mouse, but rather Danger Mouse. And if Danger Mouse doesn't ring any bells, um, guaranteed you have listened to a song that he has produced. He's a well-known producer. It's their second album. I picked it for a few reasons. I thought it was an interesting duo because if you've listened to The Shins or you've heard James Mercer's voice, it's quite, well, it's like, I guess, falsetto, I guess you'd describe it. And he, he likes to use acoustic instruments. And then there's Danger Mouse, who he's produced some pretty well-known people like Gnarls Barkley. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's, it's an album that I've enjoyed all the way through. I think I stumbled upon it just at a record store on like record store day. I was cruising through the bins and it was a happy discovery. I think there's a little something for everyone. It's heavy on the hooks, so I can understand if you're not somebody that likes hooks, but I think, (laughs) 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 I think like, you know, if you don't appreciate Broken Bells, you'll, if you dig a little bit deeper and you see what Danger Mouse has done, you can kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Anyway, the album had mixed reviews, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts. This album was really fun because it takes you to different places. There's, you know, it it brings you, I will tell you the first three songs of the album, like, were awesome and I do like a good hook. And I have had holding on for life stuck in my head constantly. Yeah. I love the the dance meets alt indie, like you were saying, plus 80s vibe all rolled into one. Yeah. I just, yeah, it just felt like it was going to be in a Stranger Things soundtrack. 
Do you know what I mean? You know, trying to bring back the 80s. So 80s, I loved it, yeah. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what bands they reminded me of because Mm -hmm. I do that and it's a disability and I don't know why I do it. But Death Cab for Cutie, Postal Service, which is really funny because the only reason I know of the band Postal Service is because Iron and Wine covered it on the Garden State soundtrack, yep. and the yep. Garden State soundtrack is why everyone knows who the Shins are, <laughs> and blah 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 blah. Anyways, I even at some point kept feeling like I was hearing some Beatles influence, which Bruno I know will challenge me on and tell me I'm an idiot. I will say, and like with most albums, it dipped hard for me. Like it was the first three songs were really strong, and then it kind of faded into background music and came back a little. But yeah, really interesting. I did listen to their most recent single and I did not like it. It didn't have that same energy. It didn't have the same, we're doing something different in 80s. It just kind of felt like an alternative song. There wasn't enough of that textured dance beat into it, but I really enjoyed it. Those first three songs are, are magic to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I started out listening to this album with the title track after the disco. And I was like, if the rest of them are this good, then this is going to be great. In terms of how often I listen, how many times I listen to this album this week, this is probably close to the record for me, especially for an album that I didn't pick myself. I was the same as Angie. I was like trying to figure out what yeah. bands this reminded me of. I was like, Holding Off for Life is just such a Bee Gees sound to it. I loved it. And I finally, I couldn't place it. I'm like, what does this remind me of? Because it does go so many different places. And shortly before we started recording, I settled on this album really reminds me of the first Never Ending White Lights album. Oh, wow. That's obscure. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't listened to in ages. I actually own it. I own it on CD, which isn't as cool as uh, record. Yeah, I might too. I need to go back and listen to that now. I think it would be fun to revisit that album on the podcast, but I may do it ahead of time. But it really, it just reminded me of the way that the song sounds so different. Because that album is like a collaboration. It's like a, it's almost like the Alan Parsons project to bring back mm-hmm. another 80s thing um, where it's like the vision of one guy who just brought in a bunch of guest artists to perform the the, the, um, the songs. So we'll get bogged down in that. It'd be fun to listen to that album and revisit that project on the podcast. So I won't get bogged down in it. But I kind of really found that it reminded me of that. I didn't hear a lot of Beatles stuff. I definitely heard the 80s in there, just the organ and there were the keyboard sound that they were choosing to use, which... I think it has to do a lot with echo reverb voice. Yeah. So fun fact, sorry to cut you off. No, go for it. Danger... Oh god, Danger Mouse! Now you, now you've got me. Danger Can Mouse. I, five. Let me just explain this because I did this off the air when I was looking up art to see if there was any additional information or articles. Apple Music said that one of the members of this group was Danger House, so that's why we're now unfortunately stumbling over it. So I apologize. Yeah, that, the Apple Danger Mouse people need to just, you know, they need to edit their shit. So Danger Mouse, one of the ways that he kind of came to be who he is was he did a mashup of Jay-Z's The Black Album and The Beatles's White Album. Hmm. So it became The Grey Album. So he did the acapella Jay-Z mixed with The Beatles music, which is interesting. I would recommend maybe listening to it once. Oh, I can't wait for Brandy. It's not my favorite. (laughs) I do love a good mashup. 
I don't. I like I like I like them separate. I don't know if I love them together. But anyway, it's an interesting concept and so I guess I was reading that he he actually made this for like his his pals or whatever and then somebody got a hold of it and now it's now he is who he is and he's doing all these awesome little projects. I had never heard of him and I also didn't do any research on him, which is pretty good. But it's I don't think he produces Gnarls Barkley. I think he's like a member of Gnarls Barkley with CeeLo yeah. Green, yeah. which is interesting. I only know that one song. I mean, I love it. Crazy. Yeah. It's a yeah. great, it's a really good song. Yeah. But I'm trying to see, yeah, so he's produced Gorillaz albums. I yep. know. Demon Days, one of Yeah, Beck, Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Black Keys, very, like, all. Yeah, Adele, U2. All over the place. That's a that's quite the resume. Yeah, and he, like I've never heard of him. Whoops. He replaced um, Rick Rubin as the Red Hot Chili Peppers producer, which is pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah, he's got quite a few like duo projects. Like Gnarls Bar- Barkley is one of them. Something I can't say. <laughs> he did Danger Doom with MF Doom, who's a rapper, a British rapper, and then he recently did something with Karen O. I say recently, but it was probably like two years ago. We featured her on the podcast before. I can't remember. Although, uh, what was the episode? What was the album? Oh, it's the one. It's the one Renee. What? Suggested. Stop it. Um, Erica Bot. No, oh not Oh my Erica god, what was the city for ten minutes? <sighs> what you believe? I can hear the song, and I can't think of the fucking name. Like one of her own albums. It starts or with like an- yeah, yeah, yes. No, it was someone else we were talking about. It starts with um, an S, I think. Keep talking. I will look it up. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Santa Gold. Yes, my God. On the Master of My Make Believe album. There you go. All right. Back to the action. Yes. But yeah, all that to say, I think he's super versatile. Like, he's he's been nominated for, like, tons of Grammys. He's won a bunch. I looked up... Um, I guess, I think it was their first album, Broken Bells' first album. They were nominated for like best alternative music or something. And the Black Keys ended up winning Mm. for an album that Danger Mouse produced. So (laughs) he's winning all over, so. This this guy's getting a lot of paychecks, respect. Yeah. He's like the Ryan Seacrest of the music world. Yeah, we go through like his awards and all he's done. It's just like, really? All of this? Who has the time? <laughs> you said that the, this album had mixed reviews. What what were people saying? Um, they said it fell flat. They were some of them were comparing it to um, their first album, which I I actually really wasn't a big fan of their first album. Um, there's one song on there that I like. I have saved in my music that I go back and listen to. I think it's called The High Road. Anyway, yeah, they said it kind of fell flat and it wasn't as good as their first one and I completely disagree. I think they were getting like 5.5s out of 10. Like, it, mm. yeah. I did feel like it lost the energy in the middle. Uh, like I said earlier, it started yeah. with that crazy different sound and then kind of slides into sleepy alt and i was like oh interesting yeah but the more i listened to it the more i was like well this there's no like bad part to it it's just 
it kind of hits you with some adrenaline at the beginning and you're kind of expecting like hooks and beats and then mm -hmm. it slides a little into the Shins universe and you're like, oh, all right, okay. Yeah. I feel like the song Medicine, which is like, I think it's track number eight, that it kind of like picks it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good one. That song yeah. reminded me of The Odds. Oh. As soon as it starts, I started singing an odd song at the same time. It has like the same opening hook. And then I'm like, oh, interesting. I also love the odds. <laughs> Medicine also has that cool little like music box outro on it, which I thought was neat. Mm -hmm. I always appreciate when all of a sudden it's just like, what is happening? Yep. And what were those videos you sent us? Oh my God. I love when people are too artistic for their own good. And they're like, we're going to make some weird epic fucking thing and put our music to it yeah i i thought it was kind of cool so there's two parts they're both on youtube i think they're like eight minutes long each and they use the music like mostly the instrumental parts of their music to be the background of this weird sort of long music video i looked them up they were promotional materials released before the album oh. yeah it's still weird promotional material. It is. It is. Like, so the two guys are in it, the two band members, and then they have Kate Mara, who is in House of Cards. Mm -hmm. She's the mm. one that gets pushed in front of the subway train. Spoiler. Anton something Yel Yelchin. I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, rip. Yes, yeah, exactly. I got, into a, got yeah. into a wormhole about how he died. And so I made a terrible. note. It's it's <laughs> awful. It's truly awful. But I did make a note, especially for you, Angie. He is in an episode of ER. Probably as a wee child, but he's in an episode of ER. You would be surprised how many well-known people are wee children on ER. Like every episode, it. I'm like, oh my God, that's Shia LaBeouf. Oh my God, it's Kirsten Dunst. Like I'm constantly Weird. Googling. It, everyone who became someone was a sick child on ER. <laughs> it's a fun game to play. It's like going back and watching movies from the early 90s and you're just like, what? <laughs> Wait a second. All these A-list stars are just like kids. It's yeah. really, yeah, there's quite a lot of them on that show and I am watching it religiously. Christian Bale from the Newsies? Oh. Is Batman? <laughs> You're wrong about does a whole likes, I think, more than one podcast on the Newsies. She's so obsessed with it. It's mm -hmm. really funny. I know. Yeah. Another another great podcast you've introduced me to. Listen to it after ours. I, I will agree. These these promotional videos, they were neat. I, I watched them kind of right before we started. I guess I got bogged down in other things this week. But I, I kind of hold it the whole time. I was just like, I feel like I'm way more fartsy than artsy for these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You kind of feel like... These yeah. are, I'm not cool enough to be watching this. I'm not no. cool enough to appreci appreciate it. Yeah. So much so that I had to look up what the inspiration was. Because I was like, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm watching. And having spent a week listening to the album, when they started playing like little clips of the songs, I just wanted to hear the song. Yeah. yeah. Like the first one starts out, I think, playing a clip of Holding On For Life. And I was mm -hmm. just like, that's a good song. And then it ends. And I was like, eh, now they're like... Now she's she's he's dressed as like Sandy from, <laughs> from SpongeBob. Yeah. But they're like sitting on a mountain. Why? Yeah, with like multiple moons. Uh, they're in a different universe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. They know. had time. Like he has time for all that and to make this. 
<laughs> Maybe he needs to take up cooking. I don't it's know. It's overachieving for sure. It's overachieving in the creative artistic front. You're just like, oh, you you like this? Watch this. But oh, if yeah, you hold had my, yeah, hold my beer before you listen to it. It's like in middle school where you're asked to do a project and there's always that girl that turned in a movie that she made. <laughs> yeah. Um, would, hmm, if I'd heard the music that way, I think I would have been so caught up in what the fuck am I watching that I'm not <laughs> sure I would have put it together. But I pick up a lot of music like that. I will, like, there'll be a TV show and all of a sudden the next day I'm obsessed with that band. I'm like, oh my god, have you heard of this new Swedish band? Uh, it was in a Heineken commercial, true story. Oh, I, I Shazam television all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's I won't Shazam. I will figure it out by fucking self with lyrics oh, and melody. I'm insane. I'll be weird. I don't you're, know Shazam. You're, you're not working smart, Angie. No, you're no, it's a challenge for me, and I like it. <laughs> we were watching something the other day. I'm just going to go ahead and say it was probably ER. And... Uh, this song came on and I was like, this is so, I said, I've never heard this song. It's so 90s rock. It's very close to Gavin Rosdale. I'm going to say Bush. I have no idea. And then we, and then I Googled one line and it was Bush and I'm like, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a game that I'm pretty good at. You're pretty good at it. It's sort of like guess that voice actor. Oh yeah. Well, I'd be terrible yeah. at that. <laughs> One thing I do like about Shazam, and I totally respect your little mission, you know, I'm going to dribble the basketball and see how many times I can in an hour and then see if I can break that record. Yeah. I do like that Shazam will make a playlist in your Spotify that is just your Shazam stuff. Oh my God. That's funny. Which, which for me kind of highlights how often I Shazam the same songs that yes. I'm coming across. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have this in here three times. <laughs> I guess I like it, but not enough to remember what the fuck it is. <laughs> I, I also, I hold TV shows to higher esteem when I'm constantly looking up the music. You know, like mm. Sons of Anarchy for me, I was constantly looking up the music. I'm like, yeah. oh, this shit is good. I think shows like Weeds, they've just put so much effort into the soundtrack and it's, I highly appreciate it. I think it does a lot for people's shows. Anyways, uh, I don't know how we got here, but we're here. Broken Bells, Shins. Why did I think the Shins were Australian? That's a hard oh, nod. Really? I think it's because they have a song called Australia. Is that correct? I don't know. I have no idea. That's a Google. Yeah. I own a couple of Shins albums, but it's been so long since I listened to them. Yeah, they have a song called Australia. And to me, in my head, Australian. So I, I looked them up. I looked up a couple live performances because I always like to do that. Thank you. Not interested. <laughs> oh why it's so much more satisfying oh no i only if i'm seeing them live i want to be there but it's a true test to like you know hear their voices i know it's still a recording but like because james mercer is insane i watched one video and it was angel and the fool where there's all the whistling and stuff and he actually whistles and people oh, yeah. that can just whistle are like top of my list Oh, I always feel that way when Ramstein performs Angle. I'm like, are they really doing it? And playing guitar? It's if they are, that's so fucking cool. impressive. It's hard enough to whistle that that like line as it is. It's so cool. I mean, James Mercer seems indie rock cool enough that obviously he can whistle. Uh, it just seems to be something that would come naturally. Doesn't he also look like Steve from Line of Duty? 
Maybe I'm just obsessed with Steve. You are, <laughs> and I love it. Um, he looks exactly like someone I know who runs a company. No. I kept being obsessing over it. I'm like, you look exactly the same. He looks a little bit like DCI, whatever his name is. Steve. DCI Steve. <laughs> yeah, he's adorable. He's very cool. But I think he lives in like Hawaii or something I saw. I was like, hmm. I would have guessed Australia. Living the life. <laughs> 1970. Okay. He's 50. Well, he looks good. He looks great. Mm. And he's still making cool music. Yeah. As our age roars up to 40, 50's not looking so bad anymore. Oh my god. Stop. I would be curious to know what kind of possessed him to kind of go from the shins, which has kind of got a like a solid formula and they had a solid fan base to do something like this I imagine because it's more a beat and it's more experimental or whatever but it, it's, it's an interesting break from the shins because I feel like there are songs in the shins that kind of have poppier moments and and could have hooks and I don't I think you could have pulled some of the pop into the shins and played with that but he did like something completely separate and, and broke away from it and uh, that's always interesting because you know how some bands like release one out al- one album and you're it, they, it has a sound, and then the next album you're like, holy yeah. fuck! Like mm-hmm. someone did acid and <laughs> changed their life, and uh-huh. now this is their new sound. It's so easy for people to do that too. So it's um, he just have must have so much fucking creative energy in him that he's like, I need seven bands with different sounds and different ideas. I think that's great. It's cool when people have that kind of creative output sort of Jack Whiteian, but most of his stuff ends up sounding pretty much the same. But the fact that he collaborates with so many people is pretty impressive to me. True musician. True musicianship. Yeah. I was trying to figure out, doing some research, how they they met, and I think they just kind of met because they run in similar circles. But this is like the first time they ever worked together. And they said it just worked and they had fun and that was kind of it. And I was like, huh, I wish I could... Yeah. So cool. Have that. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be so fun to have someone be like, oh, this is your sound? What if we did this? Yeah. Let me bring this to the table. Yeah. What if we wrote a song called The Remains of Rock and Roll and just decided to make it sound like ELO for no reason? <laughs> like, yeah. man, oh man. I also liked, like, there's a couple of songs where they use, like, a full orchestra and, like, a choir. Mm-hmm. I was like, I always mm-hmm. love a band that just brings in, like, like they're the two that wrote the music, but, like, they have, like, when they tour, they, like, obviously have other band members that join them, but I also like that they had, like, a full orchestra on some of the tracks. I thought that was really cool. Totally. I love when there's background singers or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've oh, always yeah. appreciated Leonard Cohen for that. He always had those two ladies with him. Yes. Just he'd be like, this, I'm singing. <laughs> and they're like, they're singing, he's singing. I'm like, yes. I love it. <laughs> Angie, born to be a background never, singer. I and never, dancer. <laughs> I can never be background. I have to have the, I have to be up front. So <laughs> silly. <laughs> How, How dare, dare you? you? I'm background to no one. Anyways, that would be too much for mm-hmm. me. I also don't have the voice to front anything except for maybe like a yelling band. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta meet Danger Mouse. Yes. Danger Mouse and Danger House. Danger Mouse and Auto Tune. And here we go. <laughs> that said, um, yeah, you probably could 
have a kitty cover band or something yeah. like that. There you go. Um, do we great. know if this band is still together? I noticed that was one of the first questions that came up and I didn't get there. They are. Um, I think they've put out two singles in the last oh yeah, two, three years. But they but they're not a part of an album. So hopefully in the future, maybe I don't know, COVID has stopped a lot of things from happening. Maybe they just haven't had the chance to mm. get together. That could be. Although this seems like the kind of thing that would be easy to collaborate and create through COVID. But yeah, their most recent single was twenty nineteen from yeah. what I can see. Which I didn't listen to. I don't know. You did or didn't? I did not, no. Neither did I. I did just out of curiosity to it's not it's not great. Yeah, it might sound like their couple of songs off their first album, maybe, because it's it's different. I'd say it's a little bit more shinzy, but not. I don't know. I'll definitely check it out. I think I'd be interested mm. in listening to that for sure. Yeah. I don't even know if I've listened to all the Shins catalog. I definitely have a couple albums, but I don't know how many albums they have out. Probably more than you'd expect. Yeah. Similar to the rest of the world, it was Garden State for me that... Yeah made the shins known yeah yeah <laughs> listen to this song it's amazing <laughs> oh natalie um yeah i, I don't even want to look at how many times i've listened to caring is creepy mm-hmm. i love that song it's so good <laughs> <laughs> i'm really embarrassed that the garden state soundtrack brought me nick drake i'm very I, embarrassed by that same. i am i love nick drake me too have his album downstairs but i am i am ashamed of that yeah there's a lot of the like i don't know who put that soundtrack together but they zach graff was it him i think so yeah yeah you want a grammy for it um he his other movies which are lesser known and i like them but he his soundtracks are always incredible i'm trying to think of the other movie he did that Mandy Patinkin was in Love of My Life. I didn't realize he was involved in the music, but that makes sense. Wish I Was Here is the name of the movie. Soundtrack includes The Shins, Gary Jules, Hosier, Bonnie Vare, Badly Drawn Boy, who I love. Yes. Um, yes. Cap Power, Paul Simon, The Weepies. Oh, I, I, the I'm weepies. sure this is I'm sure this is Zach Braff. Like, it's just all over. He's just a cool... I also love him. I adore him. Yeah. Big fan. The Shins have six full albums out on oh, Spotify. I think I only know of three or four. I think the only one I've listened to fully is Oh Inverted World, which was their first one, which has yeah. the okay. songs from Garden State, New Slang, and mm-hmm. Caring is Creepy. But yeah, they have a single out from 2021 Ooh. called The Great Divide. Maybe there that's why there's no... Broken Bones single from this year is it? The Shins have been active. Broken Bells. I like Broken, broken Bones. Bell. I think it's great. All right, we are. It's because you did it, didn't you? Do a band called Bones. Bones UK. Bones UK. They're great. That was yeah, our second episode or something like that. They were good. I'm writing that down in my listen to list next to the Shins. Next to the Shins. Bones UK. What a waste of a pretty face. What a waste, what a waste yeah. of a pretty face. Badass. <laughs> Speaking of directors and Zach Braff and all that, Danger Mouse, our new friend Danger Mouse, he, we should have just called him by his actual name. 
He, I read part of an interview that he did, and it was Steven Soderbergh, who's also a well-known director. He he interviewed Danger Mouse. And a, a quote that I pulled out because I thought it was really interesting because if you go, if you listen to Broken Bells and then you go and listen to Gnarls Barkley and then Danger Doom and even like some of the albums that he's produced, like Demon Days, whatever, hmm. it kind of all makes sense. So his philosophy is... And I quote, I can create different kinds of musical worlds, but the artist needs the desire to go into that world. Musically, there is no one who has the career I want. That's why I have to use film directors as a model. So he kind of envisions envisions himself as this director of types, and then that's how he goes into these projects. And so, like, that's why there is, like, such a difference, like he follows kind of James Mercer's like the shins vibe sort of and then he does his own kind of synthy mm. thing on top of it which I thought was kind of cool and what a way to not pigeon your hole into not pigeon hole yeah to not <laughs> pigeon hole yourself into um one type of music like you get to do it all yeah I mean why not right mm-hmm. if you're successful you have a recording contract and you have the financial backing to just like screw around and just be like let's put this out for fun like yeah why not i think it takes a very um particular person to be like a music producer mm-hmm. yeah because you have to see everything for both the sum of its the the individual parts as well as the sum of its parts and how it can be more because yeah there's there's so many songs out there that are basically the way they are because a producer was like um chop this part in half repeat mm-hmm. that part twice your solo sucks and then like they just they basically rearrange the whole song or encourage the band to change things and all of a sudden it's it smells like teen spirit instead mm-hmm. of what smells like teen spirit was originally which was close but quite different <laughs> i listened to an interview with mark ronson who has produced everyone including Amy oh, Winehouse yeah. and yeah. it was really interesting really interesting to hear how he talks about kind of like the process and yeah I think that would be really cool and it'd be a very fun job it'd be a hard job especially dealing with artists I remember oh um, my god the personalities Ugh. just rolling in at 2 a.m I'm yeah. ready to record watching Amy Winehouse <laughs> yeah. drink herself into a coma yeah, well, he talks about that in the in her documentary, right? Like, she would go into the bathroom and very obviously make herself sick and come back and be like, okay, take two. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So hard. But I remember watching the, uh, I don't know if I've seen the whole thing, because I think it's like four-hour-long documentary, but the making of the Black Album. And Bob Ross talks about, like, how each member of the band wanted to record at a different time of the 24-hour day. So he's like, I basically didn't sleep for eight months. <laughs> Oh my god. No. Oh my god. That's so funny. And like, I don't know how producers are like compensated, but surely they get some of the royalties. Yeah. But I mean, depends. Yeah. Like, if you put in eight months without sleeping and then you put out something that's terrible, like, cool. That sucks. (laughs) It, it, most producers, as I understand it, take a cut of every album sold. There are some, and Steve Albini is the only one I know for sure, who take a fee to produce an album. Mm. And then he doesn't take royalties off the album sold. He's like, I was hired to produce this. That was my job. I did it. It's out now. Right. So 
which is a much more difficult financial position to put yourself in. But you know, he's he's also a quirky artiste, so I guess <laughs> you can't you can't be a quirky indie artist or producer that has your own record studio and be taking cuts from every album you've ever produced. But for the most part, it, it, they get royalties from every album. So. But it's interesting how you know, like I don't know the names of that many producers. I know the names of a million musicians, producers, not mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, yeah. I know a few, but well, like, they're mostly the big ones. Yeah, like Quincy Jones and Rick Rubin. <laughs> yeah, like most of the ones I know are like because they got famous in the '90s or the '70s, or you know, they mm-hmm. they started Motown Records. Yeah. They themselves are famous for their own body of work, as opposed to, you know, they're a producer that happens to be famous. You know, who produced Rumors? I don't remember. But I remember Fleetwood Mac and all of their members. Mm-hmm. Definitely fades to the back. But you think, too, some of the albums that we've listened to even on the podcast, like some of them have like six different producers. I feel yeah. like pop albums are like that now. Like someone else is writing the songs. Someone else is making the songs come together there's five producers it's just that's why i've never fully respected pop music category because it's like this is manufactured to shit this is like a thousand brains that have gone into this and the artist is just like hand me the mic (laughs) i'm not in all the cases i'm aware of that there's lots of singer songwriters but it's just so packaged and it's and it's you're just a figurehead for someone else's work and it's like that's not that's not an artist in my opinion yeah music by uh by committee or by factory yeah where you go and like pick a song you're like i like that song that song is going to be my hit you're like oh my god you didn't write the song (laughs) yeah i like those those stories where it's like some song like umbrella or something like that (laughs) becomes a huge hit but like three other women artists turned it down first yeah to- i love hearing that actually when mm-hmm. because you can't imagine anyone else singing it and it's like oh these yeah. people ate it and you're like what yeah mm-hmm. but it also sort of really speaks to the fact that like there are just songwriters out there basically selling a product it, it, they're just churning them out to whomever wants it and it's, it's sort of an interesting side of the music industry that i think um i like to f- pretend doesn't exist yeah it's true can I just tell you, it's the black album that I just bought on vinyl. I'm a little bit embarrassed. Anyways. Wow. I didn't know you were a Spinal Tap fan. What? Spinal Tap has the black album. Oh, I do love Spinal Tap. <laughs> I, you know I love Christopher Guest obsessively. Yeah. I'm more of a best in show girl. <laughs> Have you guys seen um, Sound City, the uh, docu- mm-hmm. documentary? Yep, Speaking I bought of, it. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Speaking of producers. Exactly. Yeah. Writing it down. Oh, you haven't seen it? Andy? I haven't, no. It's fantastic. This is Yeah. Dave Grohl. Oh, Emily loves Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. He's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the second time. That's you that? cheating. <laughs> He got in for Nirvana and he just got in for the Foo Fighters okay. this year. I'll accept it. Fine. Fine. But Angie, you'll love it. It's a. Everyone will love it. They must love it. It's great. I feel like I've heard of it for sure. I don't know what it's, it's... on. It might be on Prime. I don't think you can stream it for free. Well, then you're paying for it. Okay. I'll do it. <laughs> She's done it before. 
Pretty sure you can stream it off of YouTube for a couple bucks. It's on Apple TV for four ninety nine. There you go. God, I wonder if I have seen it. Hold on. Now I'm now I'm questioning myself. It's all the people you love in one spot. And it's super interesting. It's all about the console that all these artists recorded on. And Dave went and bought it. The Neve console. Yes. Dave Grohl bought the Neve console from Sound City when it went belly up. Got it. And now it's in his house. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And fun fact, another album that I like that often gets swept under the rug because of the fame of Fleetwood Mac is the Buckingham Knicks album. That was the first album ever recorded on that Neve console at Sound City. Interesting. Mm-hmm which is a phenomenal album that is unfortunately largely forgotten to time. Noted. But it is really good. Trying to, I was telling our friend Amanda from high school. Blair? This week to watch the Wood, Boyd. Okay. To watch the Woods, because she was asking me my thoughts on the, ugh, that guy I've never heard of before, Travis Scott. Oh, oh okay. like, and she yeah. was like, I know you've been to a million concerts. I want to ask you some questions. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> please do. Anyways, I told her to watch the Woodstock 99 thing. And I'm like, you'll never go. You'll never want to go to a concert ever again. Not a festival. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. That's what I meant. Like an outdoor giant festival. I'm like, it basically made me want to retire. That Travis Scott thing was tragic. Yeah, it's terrible. The only time I've been in a mosh pit where someone's been injured and I think might have died was in the States. And my response was like, Americans ruin everything. I've never been in a concert in Canada <laughs> where I felt unsafe. Never. No. Huh. You don't even think about it because you're just there to have a good time and not get trampled to death. There was one time at a somersault or an edge fest where we got into it and we started losing our footing and we started panicking and some woman, very large woman picked it saw we were starting to panic and literally picked us up and rescued us it's just interesting it's interesting that people are like this happens at concerts and it's like largely no i think no definitely not up here man it's like everyone's having a love fest and you're here for the music but i will say the reason why those things happen and why i don't like blues fest is because people buy a week-long pass and they're there to party and they're there to drink and have fun. They haven't bought a ticket for their favorite band who they're obsessed with, who they're like, they're for the music, man, which is why I don't I don't really like going. People are just getting loaded and having a party and it's like that kind of shit happens at festivals where people are just there to have a good time. They're not there for the music, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a, I was at West Edmonton Mall yesterday. I went in a hat store with a friend of mine. He wanted to buy a hat. <laughs> and he ended up buying like a hundred and fifteen dollar weird fedora thing. <laughs> I love it. He was very happy with it and I was very happy for him, but you know, hey. I wanted to say to the guy who was working there, like, this place must be a shit show. Like they had so many like it's it's one of those like boutique hat stores, so they have like purple top hats oh. and like a whole collection of like nineteen twenties bell hats oh, and boy. fedoras yeah. and like newsy hats and they have bowler hats. Oh, like God. it's sort of like it's like a hipster store for hats. And it's just like when I was looking around at like, you know, the leather top hat with like the skulls that were like put in i'm just like this place must be a literal this shit show to sounds like at. douchebag central <laughs> yeah well let me try this one hey guys oh, just people taking pictures 
He tried to put- my friend tried to put a hat on me yesterday. I was like, I am sweaty. Just no. Stop. <laughs> don't touch my head! It's like, we've been walk- I was like, I really don't like people touching my head, especially at the end of the day. And it's like, dude, I've been walking around in a coat in this mall for like two hours, and it is hot in here, and I'm sweaty, and I don't have hair to catch it. So don't put a hat on that's going to go back on the shelf that some poor sap's going to buy my sweat that's hat. That's how you get lice. Not when you don't have hair. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'll accept that. Well, you... <laughs> How does a store like that survive COVID? I mean, I'm happy for them, but geez. I'm still in a big online online business. Yeah. Maybe. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I haven't been to, I think I've been to West Ed twice in the last two years because of COVID. And I mean, even at like 15% capacity, that's still like thousands of people a day, right? So I haven't, I've only been a couple of times and there's a lot of stores that were changed and gone when I went this past, uh, when I went yesterday. A couple that still survive that I couldn't believe. Like, yeah, the hat store is still there. There's a store called Beaden, which sells, like, beads. <laughs> still there. Yeah, was, like, people Beedin. were crafting during the pandemic. I guess. It's been there a long what time. What else are people doing? Drinking and crafting. I guess. Yep. William Sonoma was gone. Oh. You'd think the place that was selling the high-end kitchenware would be yeah. still there, but they were gone. People have stopped cooking. Yeah, so we've drifted quite far off and we're getting pretty long on time, yes. here, even with edits. So <laughs> we should do final thoughts and wrap up. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a fantastic album. I think I agree that it sort of slows down kind of in the late middle. It's just, it seems like the songs are catchy. They're good. My girls really liked them. I think we were listening to Leave It Alone and my younger daughter like went somewhere else. <laughs> like she had one of those musical experiences where she's just sitting in the back, just like swaying. And she's like, leave it alone. She's <laughs> like, the song just took her somewhere else. I was like, this is happening right before my eyes. And she never heard it before that I'm aware of. Holding on for life. Like, they just kept, they just wanted to sing along to these songs that, as far as I know, they never heard before. After the disco, fantastic song. Like, you know, Medicine picks up again. Rem Remains of Rock and Roll, I think, is a fairly strong end, all things considered. So I think it's, it's just, it's a good overall album. I put it on, I had to build a dresser this past week. I put it on, listened the whole thing through like twice while I built this dresser. And like, I wasn't upset about any of the songs. I didn't want to skip any of them. I just, which is good. It was a great, great pick. Coming in strong on your first pick, Emily. I'm sure it'll only get better from here. I agree. It was a really good album. I listened to it uh, a ton of times, but also because I knew I'm always harder on it the first few times and then I chill out a bit. Like I was like, the rest of this album was garbage. And then, you know, by the fourth listen, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's just not as good. It's pretty good, but it's not as good. Um, I, I <laughs> I'm not mad. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I like any band that kind of brings back like the art of the 80s hook where it's fun to listen to and it's very textured and it goes different places but you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think is holding on for life <laughs> which it did many many times but it's also what's fun about this album is there's so many wormholes you can check out after like there are other albums or the shins albums that you realized you've never you've never dug into and danger mouse you know or whatever is that his name yeah i'm like yeah. no danger house yeah. damn it <laughs> so yeah house mouse very good pick because we of course all knew the shins so that was a good lead in but totally worth checking out i hope they come up with some other stuff and i it would be really fun to see them if they tour mm -hmm. 
I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I was nervous. I didn't know how it was gonna go, so I'm I'm happy you guys enjoyed it. It's um, I'm happy I have it on vinyl. I more than <laughs> I always put it on whenever there's people over because it just is really good background music. It doesn't like throw people off or like throw the vibe off or anything, so it's good for that. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean. It just kind of opens the door to a whole bunch of other artists and bands and stuff. So that's what I, I kind of liked about it. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Totally. Excellent pick. Well, Angie, what's your pick then for next week? I didn't put a lot of thought into this because uh, when we were doing, I already, I forget who the prettiest, but it's, it's a terrible name. I'm going to be honest. It, if, <laughs> if, if I can't remember it and I can't spell it, not great. <laughs> when we were let them know yeah because you could write them a letter i'd appreciate that excuse me this band you're not in anymore wow we have a few thoughts about the name <laughs> yeah it's difficult <laughs> when we were talking about it i mentioned gin wigmore and you guys both had blank looks on your faces so i was like oh my god you should we should listen to gin wigmore so the artist is gin wigmore spelt like gin the alcohol and the album is gravel and wine Hmm, interesting. You uh you missing being able to have booze, Angie? I was someone Let's let's do an artist named Jin and an album called Wine. <laughs> Any anyone? Anyone? No. I'm I've never been the, I haven't been this sober in 20 years. This, this... You know that I go through my sober phases where I'm like I'm never drinking again for 5 months and then I do it and then I don't. I don't know. I haven't noticed it all because I've been feeling like shit the whole time. No one wants to drink when you feel like shit. But uh, You're just hung over all the time. Anyway. It felt like it's been feeling like the world's longest hangover. Definitely. A hundred percent. Yes. Anyways, that's what we're doing. Sadly, the cure for this is not greasy food, though. No, it just gives you heartburn. <laughs> it's just really It'll bad. Come back. If you have a lot of heartburn. I wonder if your baby's going to have a lot of I hair. Know, that's what everyone that's says. What I said. I hear all the stupid things. I mean, how would you know? It's an old wives' tale, uh, I think. They'd see it on the ultrasound, I think. If there was a lot okay, of hair, they'd see it on the If I was giving birth ultrasound. to Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it it makes ladies hairy being pregnant. Man, it's weird. You gotta shave a lot. Anywho. <laughs> I found when I was in a relationship where we were expecting children, my hair grew a lot faster, too. Interesting. Alex is now getting up like three times a night. He's like, I can't sleep. And I'm like, I got up three times a night because I'm in pain. I'm like, your empathy waking up. He's like, no, I, and I always sleep through the night. So that will be great if he starts growing weird hair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I am bald on top, but nowhere else. And it's, it's like a fade. I have to do a fade. Ombre. It's, it's That's human right. ombre. That's right. <laughs> But uh, I was just like, why am I getting like dad chest hair where like it sticks out of my shirt and <laughs> the wind blows it. It's like, it was never this way before. It's second puberty. <laughs> I have a weird anorexia down on my belly. You know the anorexia hairs where people are anorexic? They get yeah. a very light yeah. down. I have yeah. I have a light down on my belly. It's really bizarre. Ooh. It's weird. Yeah. Too much information, everyone. Harvest it and make yourself a lovely blanket for the Let's week. talk about my hairy belly on the pod. Okay. Oh Shit. My <laughs> oh my god. 
Not that it's a competition, Angie, but I will be you winning will, this for one. Sure. <laughs> I am not being the judge. I'm not. I'm done. No, there's no. There's no. There's n- imagine my bearded face, yeah. but fatter. I already know you win. <laughs> You're like I've unfortunately swam in the same pool. <laughs> Despite everyone asking you to put a t-shirt on, you did. Oh you just God. wouldn't. No one would have ever asked you that if you, we were at my pool. No. Bryn, put a t-shirt on. What? You're dead? <laughs> Should... No. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Good chat. We'll cut all this out. <laughs> oh, yeah, leave it in. Oh, leave it in, my hairy stomach. Whatever. Why not? Just put a warning in first. Yeah, trigger warning. <laughs> hairy. Hair. Yeah. Check out our Instagram for photos of our hairy stomachs. You be the judge. Yeah, we should do side by side. I keep wanting to do side by sides with Alex because he has a belly, and I'm like, oh, we need to do the side by sides. You know, Emily, you know how we did the thing. You did the thing for the baby shower, and it was like, is this yeah. a boy's belly or a girl's belly? I yeah. think about it all the time. I should pull that up again. He won't Good. do it. He's sad by it because he it would. I have a photo of some really old friends of mine that I haven't talked to in years and years. When they were expecting their first child, I had a photo of them standing beside each other, but at an angle. And she was like eight months pregnant and their bellies were the same. (laughs) Amazing. I don't know how- I was just like, click. (laughs) I don't know how boys do it. It's so in the way. I've just started like bending down as a problem. I'm like, let me just pick this up. Oh my God. Have you ever seen a large man sit on the edge of a couch seemingly for no reason? Yes. Instead of leaning back where yes. it would be far more comfortable? Yes. Yeah, it's because otherwise they'll suffocate. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I'm getting out of breath. Coming to the edge. Coming to the edge. Coming to the edge. Something's crushing something. <laughs> that's why all us dads put our shoes on one foot on the chair at a time. I know, Alex is a chair guy. He's like, why is there no chair to put your shoe? Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> I was driving to Elmont the other day and I noticed my heart rate was like through the roof and I was like, oh, I'm crushing something in my body. And then once I sat up straight and at the edge, it went way down. But I was like, I'm literally something's like, whoop, nope. Yeah. We've we've talked about this before, but it is a design flaw. That is not okay. It's all of this. All of this is a design flaw. It's all gross. Yeah. It's not, no. You're not convincing me, Angie. Ta-da. You're already, you're already on the path. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> I would, I'm would. i curious to know what you think about gin. I have an idea, but... That said, thanks so much for listening. If you're still here, I can't <laughs> imagine why. everything out. Please, please. <laughs> yeah, tweet at us or Instagram at us if you're still here and want to see a side-by-side comparison to see who's got the hair of your belly. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spoilers, I will yeah, be winning. Don't, don't even bother. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Emily, Bye. great choice. Thank Bye. You. Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number Two Labyrinth. <laughs>